What's up, guys? You're listening to the Life in Motion audio experience, featuring interviews around travel, action sports, culture, and more. Hey, guys, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Life in Motion podcast. We have Dominic Smith here, a BMX racer from New Mexico who has been riding for over 15 years and is also the team manager of a youth racing team called Duke City Development. Learn what it takes to be a BMX racer and how her team is making an impact within their community. Hey guys, I've got Dominique Smith here. Um, we actually stumbled upon her a little while ago on Instagram and have been really stoked on what she's been up to. Um, not only is she a BMX racer, but she also uh, is a team manager of a youth team. Um, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, so to kind of go ahead and kick things off, Dominic, uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, to go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, um, you know, kind of your background, where you grew up, how you got involved with BMX, um, and just kind of what, what your story is. Okay. Awesome. Well, obviously my, my name's Dominique. Um, I was born and raised here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, kind of a smaller town. I mean, it's not like Los Angeles or anything, so it's like a smaller little city, but, um, like I said, born and raised here. Um, of course, I lived with my mom and dad pretty much almost all my life until about college with my older sister and my younger brother. Um, throughout high school, I was super busy, not only with my BMX racing. I started racing in about, I want to say 2005. Been racing ever since, so like 15 years or so, maybe a little more. Um, I got involved with BMX because my dad, well, I didn't know this, but my dad, whenever he was younger, he raced BMX. That's awesome. And I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that until about, I was maybe like seven, I was like seven, eight-ish maybe. And we had a neighbor who moved in across the street and he raced. And it was like almost like Vietnam flashbacks for my dad. He got super into it again, was so excited about it. We went out and would watch the races. And my little brother, um, his name's Esteban. He actually had started racing first, and from there, just watching him ride, I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, this looks so much fun. I was like, Dad, I want to ride. Like, can I try it? So from there on, I literally have just been hooked. Um, after high school, I actually received a scholarship to go out to a college in Columbia, Kentucky. It's called Lindsey Wilson College. They have a cycling team out there. It's one of the it's like the most second popular cycling team for BMX racing actually. Um, so they actually have but, a they actually have a BMX team. Yeah, yeah. So like um, now within the sport, there we have like scholarship races and everything. So um, USA BMX, which is the actual foundation, um, it it was previously called ABA BMX for American Bicycle Association. Yeah. But it combined, yeah, it combined with another, another BMX league league, and then they formed USA BMX. So they started offering scholarships for racing. They started building up like cycling teams. So instead of schools just having like road cycling or like mountain bike cycling, they added BMX to it. So I was able to, to be one of the lucky people to go out to one of those colleges. Um, unfortunately, I only stayed out there for a semester. I kind of figured I can come back home, do the same stuff, have a world-renowned trainer here in one of like the world-class in a world-class facility, really back here at home. So, came back home. Um, I'm a full-time employee, a full-time student. I also train 
constantly. It's a constant training craziness around our house. Uh, my significant other, I live with him currently, and he actually races BMX too. So between us two, we're in and out of the house constantly, roaming around with bikes, gear bags, everything possible. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, pretty pretty much that's it. Um, I have two little dogs, but I mean, besides that, racing and the dogs and just home life kind of take up most of my time. But yeah, <laughs> sounds like you stay busy. So. So I so I'm assuming that there's there's a track or I guess there's always been a track close to you. Um, that's kind of what you're saying, right? Yeah. So um, the track definitely. Whenever I had first started, it was a lot smaller. It was um, kind of just like on the corner of like a street. It was just really small, like almost like a little parking lot size type of one. And then we were able to to get a, a larger facility. Um, and it actually ended up being, I believe, the, I want to say, the world's largest covered facility. Well, not necessarily anymore. It was the world's largest, but now it's um, the, the largest in Northern America, at least now. Really? So, so there's obviously a, yeah. a pretty big scene or pretty big racing there um, in uh, Albuquerque, right? Right. You would think, especially with the facility we have, I mean, a lot of like top class athletes, they love coming to our facility. They're like, your track's technical, it's fun. You're not dying from the heat or anything. So you would think it'd be super popular here, but we're actually, compared to some tracks, we're really small. Like out in California, I mean, people know exactly what you're talking about. You walk in with a type of BMX shirt and they're like, oh, cool. Were you out at this track? Where were you? And you're just like, what? But then you come here, everyone's just like, oh, hey, cool shirt. No one knows anything about racing here, and it's crazy. It's, it's honestly mind-blowing because we have a, a decent scene for the size of our city. So it's kind of shocking more people don't ride. Yeah, especially that, that, that is kind of surprising. Um, and I, yeah. I, I actually um, grew up riding BMX as well, but it's more freestyle and street. I never really um, – there wasn't a, a race scene around, so – I don't, I can't really relate to how, how the race or how the cultures are different, I guess, between the two, um, disciplines, if you will, BMX, but that's awesome that you have that, that facility, um, to ride and continue to ride. So, you know, for 15 years you've been riding, that's, that's a fair amount of time. So what has kind of continued, uh, or allowed you to continue and want to continue to push yourself and to continue riding, um, is it just, is it fun or is it competitive too, or kind of mix of both or something else or what is it? Oh, it's, it's all of the above. It's the competitiveness of the sport. I mean, the adrenaline rush, and then you gain so many amazing friendships along the way. I mean, I've met so many amazing people I've been able to partner up with so many different amazing companies, even myself. And then now, of course, with the BMX team, I have that. And it's almost like, I have that little family going with my own factory sponsorship with I race for SE bikes. So with that factory team, I mean, I have that little family. I have my team as my other little family. So like the whole facility, the whole scene is just a super amazing and like a positive vibe. And then, I mean, for myself, I've had several injuries that have set me back dramatically. Um, I mean, my ankles have been through the ringer. I've broken my ankles both maybe twice each. Oh, and wow. then actually, yeah. 
And then actually just this year, I even broke my pelvis. So I mean, it's, it's a dangerous sport, but that danger, I mean, it's kind of entertaining for myself. I kind of enjoy it just because you're always learning something new. You're always expanding your skills. And that's one thing I've had to, to personally really do. And I think that's why my injuries have come so much. It's because I've been just trying to expand my skills. So I'm, I'm comfortable when I turn into the pro class. So, I mean, my, my significant other, Santee races, I mean, he has an astounding skill. He rides park, downhilling, um, he rides trails, he races. So he's a multidiscipline cyclist himself. And his abilities just have taught me so much more in the sport. And just that constant learning cycle just keeps, keeps me entertained and keeps me just wanting to keep going. So it's exciting. That's awesome. And yeah, and there's so much control that comes with BMX racing. I know, although like I, I know I didn't start with that, but yeah. when you go to the freestyle <laughs> world, um, you know, just about any of the really big names right now, they have some sort of racing background. Um, and it's funny how yeah. that really translates into that or transitions into that, but how, so, so the in, in, injuries, um, you know, I, I've had ankle in, injuries and I know they're no fun, but, uh, with your, your, uh, pelvic bone or whatnot, um, how, how did that kind of set you back? I guess when you get hurt, how does that affect you, um, kind of going forward and kind of getting over that, um, I don't want to say fear, but, you know, recovering, getting back into the groove of things, you know, are, are you ever mm-hmm. afraid to get back on the bike and kind of take it easy or, you, you know, just kind of take it as, you know, that's part of it. And, you know, you love it so much that it just doesn't really matter. Truthfully, it's kind of, it's kind of a bit of both. Um, I mean, for the injury stuff, because of us having to train, I mean, we're in the gym, we're doing sprints, we're constantly working track stuff so we can work skill stuff on the track we have a gate system so we can simply work our gates and everything like that so the injuries of course because you're not able to really do the proper exercises I mean because of my injuries most of my injuries have been lower body so I'm I'm definitely nowhere near as strong as I could be if I didn't have those injuries just because with those in, with the ones that I had, I mean, I was stuck doing upper body stuff and maybe some light lower body just because I was obviously in the healing process, so I couldn't push it that much. But that, of course, sets you back. You not being able to, to pedal your legs as fast as you can, that sets you back. So those definitely slow down the process of, of course, getting faster and everything. But when it comes to the skill portion on the track, it can definitely be super intimidating when you first get back on the track, especially, I mean, like I said, with, with, with my boyfriend, he's like, come on, Dom, get out there, go jump this. And I was just like, Oh dear Lord, like save me. <laughs> so it's, it's super nerve wracking, you know, cause you're just like, especially cause on one of the jumps in particular last year, it was one of the ones I broke my foot on. Um, and I, so like looking at it and him just being like, try it again. I was just like, Oh, I don't know. Like <laughs> just seeing it and trying to like overcome that mental block. It's sometimes it's definitely hard and really intimidating, but I mean, I think this past year or like this season when I broke my pelvis, I mean, it was probably the fastest comeback I've had and you would think it would be the slowest, but just from my previous injuries, I was just like, you know what? Like we cannot take a break. Like I have goals. I want to turn pro next season. I want to do this. So I'm like, okay, let's, let's get on it. Like 
the very first day I was out, I was, I was over there trying to manual stuff and trying to get a gate and just trying to, trying to be fast. And then everyone was just like, Dom, you need to stop. You're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> I was just like, I can't, like, I have to go, like, I have to do this. And everyone was just kind of freaking out on me. They were just like, oh my gosh, like, you're crazy. And, <laughs> and I was like, no, I like, I have to do this. Like, I have to. So just having like that extra bit of motivation. And then of course, like you said, the previous injuries, I mean, it's, it's definitely helped for this season in particular, but yeah, it can definitely be nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like a huge part of that is kind of your support system, like, you know, with your boyfriend and family around you and well, and then also kind of your own personal mind over matter thing, um, just kind of uh, flipping that switch and just kind of getting back at it. So. Um, oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> But when, so with um, still kind of focus on you a little bit with with racing, um, you know, I, you know, you mentioned going or, or planning on going pro or whatnot or going to the pro class. What all does that kind of entail um, from you? You know, with a from a training standpoint and kind of you know, is it a matter of qualifying for the races? Um, you know, I guess, what does that journey kind of look like? And then as, as far as different um, races that you have to go to and travel to, to I guess, to uh, increase your rankings or whatnot. Yeah. So, I mean, um, it, it, this is the one thing about racing that's kind of, I guess, on the little more technical side of things. Um, so when it comes to like races and stuff like that you don't necessarily have to get qualified, like for a national race, you don't necessarily have to get qualified to go. Okay. You can just go to it and like sign up and race. As long as you sign up for it, you can race it and then you just have to go to it. So that's kind of the good part about that. And then even for like the elite class or for the pro class, you don't have to necessarily qualify for that either. Of course, I mean, if you're just a local racer and you don't, you're not like on the national scene competing in that aspect. Yeah. You probably don't want to turn pro. That might not be the best decision. But, I mean, if you're frequently on the national scene competing against, like, the nation's top riders, I mean, once you get to that certain level within your amateur career, sometimes there's nothing else to do besides turn pro and go race with the best in the sport, you know? I mean, we have Olympic athletes now because um, BMX actually joined the Olympics back in 2008. Yeah. So, we've had a, we've had a few runs with some gaining some Olympic athletes, and being able to, to race with them is truly, you know, you're racing the best. Cause I mean, especially for myself, I mean, I'd be racing the silver medalist from the last Olympic games, you know? So, and she was last year's world champion on top of that. So, I mean, it's definitely nerve wracking, but once you get to that level in your own personal racing and you feel like there's nothing more you can do besides move up, it, it's almost like the best thing to do. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. kind of like, you you're stuck at that limit in the amateur class, but you can excel always in the pro class. I mean, even currently, I mean, I raced an individual, her name's Courtney and she used to be elite. She was an elite woman. She killed it on the national scene, even in the pro class. And then she took a few years off and she came back. And I mean, she, you can just tell she still has that, that pro power and that pro knowledge behind her. Cause she's still super fast and she trains, she's re like a straightaway ahead of us almost. And sometimes it's just amazing to, to just see how that difference is just from being in the pro class to the amateur class. So you can bump up. They just have an age limit. 
So once you hit that age limit, if you want and you feel comfortable enough to bump up, then you can bump up. Of course, the entry fees and everything are more expensive, mm-hmm. but I mean, sometimes it's, it's almost worth it at that point. So, so it sounds in a way almost, um, I guess more or less a personal decision, I guess what, what you kind of feel your skill level is and, and riding level is and just kind of going up from there. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, personally, I wanted to turn pro a few years ago and both of my coaches, my strength and conditioning coach, he's a numerous number one vet pro. And then my, my significant other, they were both like, no, you're, you're not ready. We need to build, build your base a little more. You need more skill. You just need more time. So, I mean, having even coaches like that can deteriorate if you go to pro or if you stay amateur. I mean, sponsors sometimes will decide as well if you should turn pro. If you have a sponsor and they need a pro, if they feel like you're the best bet, sometimes they'll volunteer you for pro and try and get you get you pushing a little more that way too. So it's kind of, there's kind of a bunch of different aspects that can go on. But for the most part, if you don't have anyone pushing you, you're definitely going to be the one pushing yourself to make that next step. That's awesome. So, yeah. So with that kind of, you mentioned, um, there's a lot of, um, you're, you're in and out quite a bunch and I'm sure, um, you know, a lot of that is traveling to different races and stuff. So what does that look like throughout the year or throughout the season, as far as, you know, how many races that you go to, um, and you know, how, how far do you travel, um, within these races or do you, does it kind of stay more local and regional or, or what does that kind of look like? So, um, again, depending on like the title you're trying to chase or whatnot. Um, I mean, if you're trying to just look for a district title, I mean, of course you're just going to keep it local. They do have like a state series, so they'll have you travel to like other, um, other tracks in your state. So you can get that. Um, they have some other, other, um, like minor titles, there's a gold cup and like an ROC is what they call it, which is the race of champions. Okay. And with those races, so with the gold cup, they have like a series that if you, you want it, you have to follow it. And that's broken up regionally. So like there's like a Northwest or a Southwest. So they have those. And then you race in that and those, um, and those areas that they, that they create the listings from. And then with the ROC, that almost goes with the state champions, um, like the state championship. With that, you'll qualify through the state championship races into the ROC, and it's your choice to race the ROC or not. And then they have like a NAG and national title that you can earn, and those, it's a national series. So they have roughly two to three nationals a month, and it's just all over the country. I mean, I've personally been to like California, Nevada, Utah. Arizona, Colorado, we've been to South Carolina, um, kind of all over the country. And then they also have a world championship as well. So you can go to a certain race that's one of the world championship qualifiers, and then you can fly out, depending on where it is that year, you can fly out to that country and go to it. So we were lucky enough that last year it was here in the United States. It was in Rock Hill, South Carolina last year. So we were able to go to that. And then this year, they actually had it in Baku, Azerbaijan, which was out in Europe. Okay. So, yeah, for like the world championships, that's definitely a little more scattered. I mean, they've had it in Australia before, the Netherlands. Um, they've had it in Great Britain, China. They've had those ones a little more. Those are like the more traveling 
of course, that you'd go to is like the world championship type races. But besides that, I mean, you're pretty much just within the nation, just traveling from state to state and like whatever's closest to you or whatever you think would be the best scores for you. Okay. So yeah, either way, it sounds like you're on the road a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. We're always going. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, um, I guess if we want to switch gears and kind of talk a little bit about um, the team that you're involved with, um, if, you know, I, I think it's awesome. You know, I, I would imagine one of the reasons that you got involved with that is just because of the, uh, the effect that, you know, riding BMX has kind of had on you, but I'll go ahead and let you tell your story about the team and kind of why you got involved. Yes. Okay. So for the team, it's called Duke city development. Um, the whole purpose behind the team was, so there's a USA development team. And what they do is they sponsor some of like the newer upcoming riders kind of within the national scene that like has a good chance for pro and stuff like that. So they sponsor them. They try and get them ready for the pro class and for what we have is like a super cross series. So they try and get them ready for that as well. And then of course the end goal is like Olympics and like the world championship type stuff is for them. So I wanted to kind of mimic that, but on a local level, I wanted to keep it within the state. Um, most of the riders are from Albuquerque that are on the team, but we do have one from Las Cruces. Uh, and with that, what I really wanted to do was just start a team and try and get them to where they become more noticed on the national scene. Just because, I mean, Albuquerque, like I said, we're a smaller state and we don't have as many riders compared to some of the other states like Florida or California or Nevada. So our rider counts further down so our riders don't get as much promotion through the 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 usa bmx magazine that they have every month it's usually like california riders or whatnot just because there's a lot more of them so the percentage wise they take over so i was like okay like i want to start something to try and help promote our riders get them more notice i want to just be able to to give that support back locally and then with that the team not only helps out our local facilities but they also help out our community. Like right now we're, di- we're di- receiving donations for the Alzheimer's Association and we're doing that for them. We help out our local facility. Our young lady out in Las Cruces, her dad's actually the track operator of that track and they're constantly out there working on that track, um, trying to get more riders into the sport out there and everything like that. So it's just really like even though the riders are getting, they're also giving as well. That's so awesome. we really wanted, yeah, we really wanted to focus on that. That way, hopefully, the it keeps them humbled and it keeps them it keeps them motivated. You know, hopefully, it gives them a different aspect of racing rather than just oh, okay, well, I'm racing to take up my my summer my summer break or I'm racing to take up my spare time. It's a, a little more of a commitment, and then it helps you do volunteer work and stuff like that. So it just helps overall round and shape the athletes that we that we are sponsoring as well. So, so was that something that, um, that was like completely your idea or did you work with other people with that, um, as well? I mean, I'm sure you do now as it's kind of grown, it sounds like, but originally, um, did you just kind of come up with it and just kind of went all in or? Yeah. So me and one of the other female racers locally, I mean, I've personally been wanting to start a team. Um, whenever I was younger, I mean, my mom, she had a team and I mean, it wasn't necessarily the same as like us giving back to the facility or anything, but it was a team. And so 
seeing her do that and then me growing up and just wanting to, to help the other writers, especially our local writers, I was just like, what could I do to help our writers? And me and me and this local writer, her name's Maya, we were we were both like kind of just sitting there talking in my car and I was like, you like, I really want to start a team. Like, I think that'd be so much fun. And so she kind of pushed me to do it and she's like, well, just do it. Just, just crew, just make a team. So I was like, I might, like, I, it sounds, it sounds good. <laughs> so finally I just went ahead and started it up, um, was able to partner up with some awesome, some awesome companies. I mean, the SE team, I was able to get the SE bike team to to donate frames. I mean, wow. we got like a headphone and energizer company called Broski Sound and Kick Power. They donate headphones to the riders, so they get headphones yearly. Um, X brand goggles. They were able to donate some goggles. Uh, Promax components. They were able to help us out and give us some parts for the riders. And then like Via 13, they gave us all custom fit jerseys for the writers for free to just help us out and get us going. Yeah. So there's been ton of support for us and we've had other businesses donate money and everything like that just to help us get gear and everything for this year. And then of course now the writers, since we are, we're getting a little bigger and we're getting going with everything. Of course the writers are doing fundraisers and stuff like that. Just cause I want to make sure next year I want to be like, okay, yeah, like, you need gear. Let's just let's get you some gear. You wanna you wanna go to this race? Okay, let's try and pay for you to get to this national, or let's pay for your national injury fee, like just to try and help support them in that aspect, you know. So I mean, the support we have received is unbelievable, and it's just made it so much easier. And it's, we've been so grateful for that completely. Well, that that's yeah, no, that's awesome, and that probably um, also speaks a lot to who you are as a person with receiving all that support from the community and, you know, different, um, teams and companies outside of the, outside of, um, your area. What is, what is your, uh, I guess your, the age group that you work with? So the age group is, we're trying to keep it, of course, younger athletes because of it being a development team and us wanting to get them sponsored by a factory team and a little more known in the community. It's easier with the younger ages, just because at that point, I mean, you're not in a full-time job. You're not having to focus on a family, like stuff like that. So you're able to, to really focus in on the training and everything like that. So the youngest writer we currently have, her name is Danica. She's seven years old. She's the cutest little thing ever. (laughs) Cutest thing. Super fast. I'm, she's more dedicated than I am. I'm telling you, she puts in a lap after a lap. She trains so hard. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, she's she's a she's a ball of energy at the track. Sometimes I'm a little jealous. <laughs> but she's awesome. And then our youngest writer, which is our Las Cruces writer, she is twenty years old. Okay. So she's yeah, and I've I've personally had the honor of racing her as well and growing up with her. So trying to give that support back to her too. I mean, it's just been it's been awesome. And then all of our other writers are a little mix of in between. We have, I think, um, her name's Teo. She's nine years old. And then we have um, a writer named Andrew, and he is, oh, is he 13 or 14? I think, I think he just turned 14 this year. And then we our other team member, Cisco, he is 16 years old. So it's kind of in those age brackets. The girls, we get away with having a little bit of younger ones just because there are so many men in the sport, and it's, a, it's definitely a men men driven sport so 
the girls, they get a little more lead weight just because there's less. So definitely Danica, we were, we were lucky to score her up. She's adorable. I told the team right away too. I was like, well, I mean, I don't want to pick favorites. I was like, but <laughs> I'm just going to let you know Danica's the favorite because she's like really cute. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little hard to compete with that, I guess. <laughs> it is, especially, I'm telling you, she's a ball of energy. So it's so great. I mean, having her, her inner energy, her young spirit with some of the older riders truly I think has even pushed the older riders just because I mean she's seven years old she's maybe like as tall like she's maybe to my hip she's super <laughs> small super cute like adorable and she's I'm telling you she's over there working harder than me like every Wednesday night for our practice she's like I'm gonna do 25 full laps and I'm like 25 full laps like I can barely do six full laps like oh my goodness <laughs> I'm like you get it girl get it <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> So yeah, like you said, I mean, I'm sure that kind of creates a, it's kind of interesting too. So, so with kind of the different ranges of ages, I, I guess, do you, do you work with them, at, you know, from a, from a BMX perspective and then also like volunteering the, and the extra things you guys do, do you, do you work with them all together as a, as a team, if that kind of makes sense, or do you kind of split them up or? Yeah, so we definitely, depending, we do both. So okay. my, my significant other, of course, I mean, I trust him with everything possible. He's the one who's made my skills where they are currently. So any type of skill work that I believe a rider needs, I, I send him his way. I'm like, here you go. Have fun. You can have fun with them. Like get them jumping, get them manually, like don't hurt them. <laughs> <laughs> so depending on that, he'll get them going. And then sometimes if we notice something, and we think that they need a little more work on it, we can pull them off to the side and be like, okay, like we think you should do this. And maybe if we can change the way you stand in the gate a little bit. And so sometimes it's a little bit one-on-one -on -one more, but a lot of the time we pretty much, we train as a team. I mean, I'm all for the team training type stuff. I mean, just seeing how I've progressed within the whole intermediate expert training clinics that we have every Saturday at the track seeing how I've progressed within that just because of me seeing other riders do it and me being like, well, Hey, I want to try that. I'm, I'm all for team training just because I mean, especially with, like I said, with the mix of riders and their ages, it, if you see a seven year old girl beating you, that's, <laughs> that, that's an issue. You know, that, especially if you're older, that's going to be like, okay, this little girl is passing me on the track or vice versa like for, for our two boys that we have. I mean, they're both super competitive. And one of them, he's like a bigger guy. He's, we always give him a hard time. Cisco, we're always like, boy, because he's like, always like, I'm so scared to fall. And I'm like, dude, you are a big boy. You are fine. Like, if you fall, you will be okay. I promise. <laughs> so seeing him compared to our other boy, Andrew, I mean, them, they're constantly pushing each other just because, of course, with Cisco being older and Andrew being younger, but Andrew having the more skill over Cisco, they are a constant competition because Cisco has the power, but Andrew has the skill to get him going. So seeing all of them together and progressing with one another, I think that's the best way to go for myself and a personal perspective. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Kind of, it, it creates a kind of an interesting dynamic with that. But like you said, also it kind of creates that healthy competition to to kind of push yourself to do better, um, which is, yeah, which is exactly. Awesome. Um, have there been any, 
any kind of maybe good stories that have that have come from from the team um you know whether that is uh racing or you know helping out in the community or anything that's kind of really stood out to you that you're kind of surprised um that you know the the kids did or something like that just i guess maybe a a uh, uh a proud moment for you i guess honestly just seeing how much they've progressed has been overwhelmingly has like overwhelmingly filled me with joy because at the beginning of the year we had some writers that were a little newer and now they're willing to jump stuff they're willing to try things and not only that but the experienced writers we've had they're getting faster so to me that's been that's been the best so that's been the best thing for me is just seeing them progress just because I want to keep them involved in the sport. I want to keep them happy, of course, and I don't want to over overstep any boundaries of possibly pushing them too hard or anything like that. So just seeing how far along the athletes have come within our short span, because we've really only been a team. We've only had like really just this season. So we really just started up in January, even though we had everything going back in November, December, that was only a month of writing, if that. So just with this year, just seeing that right now in our first season has been truly amazing because if that's happening within the first season, I'm thinking of the future, like, okay, <laughs> this is now. Imagine three years from now, you know, especially with all the support we've received. I'm just like, man, with all of this continued support we're receiving and getting, I can only imagine where these writers are going to go in the future. As long as they stay with it, I mean, there's truly so many possible things that can go on and happen. So I'm just excited and truly so pumped to see them grow and keep growing. That's awesome. And I, and you know, from, from what, how you've explained it so far and kind of the foundation that you've laid um, and kind of those, those extra opportunities outside of just writing, like you said too, I think, it sounds like you have a really solid foundation to, to have that growth. So um, happy for you guys with that and definitely happy to see kind of where it goes um, and where you guys are at this time next year. Um, oh yeah, definitely. There's so many possibilities. It's going to be a blast seeing how next year goes since we're going to have an actual season under our belt. So I'm excited for next year. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Well, um, what, what I guess, you know, I like to ask the question, what, what could you use more of? Um, and now that could be something personal. That could be something BMX related. That could be something team related. Um, something that's, you know, like you, like you mentioned, you know, growing up riding or whatever, you know, the track or whatnot that you were at, you know, it was really, uh, it's had a, a positive atmosphere. Um, so mm -hmm. obviously that's had some kind of effect in your life and you know, where you're at now and even helping out the team. So what, what could you more use more of, or what could you see, would you like to see more of to kind of help, help people in that way, if that kind of makes sense? Yeah, of course. No. Um, honestly, I think what we could definitely use more of, even though it's already there, of course you can never have too much positivity and too much support. That's, those are, I think, like the two main components that can truly make or break an athlete, especially in our sport. You know, I mean, 
sometimes you go to nationals and even sometimes locally, you see even parents of writers yelling at their kid, telling them honestly super bad and like hurtful things. And so sometimes you want to like step in almost, but of course you don't want to overtake any boundaries. So I would say just more positivity and more support. I mean, really mentally, you don't know what that athlete is going through. I mean, there have been times where I have broken down crying and have wanted to quit. There have been so many. And so knowing that from personal experiences, sometimes positivity, just having that support base and that positive attitude just surrounding you, you can, you can never have too much of that. So that's something I, I continue to stress. And especially locally, I just continue to stress it just because if we want our local facility to grow, we need our athletes to grow. So that's the most important thing. You know, the athletes are truly going to be what excels in this sport and what continues to grow in this sport. So if we can keep the positive vibes and attitudes all together and just keep them feeling like they can, I mean, there's truly no, no, no boundaries for the racers at that point or even any athletes at that point. That's awesome. Well, and actually that, um, it almost that almost answered two of my questions right there. Um, going to be, you know, any last piece of advice for um, anybody trying to do a similar path, whether that be BMX racing or helping manage a team. But it almost seemed um, like your advice would be to to share that positivity, um, be supportive of the kids, and then understanding, you know, when those tough situations are, and kind of know um, when when to not be as serious so you're not pushing them in the wrong direction is kind of what I got out of that. But I don't know if there's any, I don't know if that nailed, um, <laughs> nailed it on the head or not kind of, or, or, but if not, you can, uh, elaborate more, but I think, uh, that's kind of what I think. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a huge portion of it. I mean, if you're on, on a path, you're trying to do the same thing and not even necessarily just in BMX, but, I mean, if you're trying to start up like a youth group anywhere, like a basketball team, uh, a football team, soccer team, whatever you're trying to start up, even if it's a, even if it's like an adult group of just hanging out or something, just of course the positivity. You want the positivity. You want the support. You wanna you wanna know when to understand when someone's going through something. You wanna be sensitive to to people's emotions and feelings around you. So you definitely wanna be aware. And then I mean. Another main thing that I've noticed that has helped me and just people around me is, is motivation. If they see you motivated with your positive attitude and everything else going on, I mean, there's no stopping anything. So motivation too is definitely key. If they see you pumped up on something and even sponsors, you know, I've had businesses sponsor the team just because they see how pumped up I am on the team. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll definitely sponsor you guys. Like, your vibe is amazing. I can tell you're, you're on the path. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> so motivation definitely, too, is, is just another thing just to never give up. I mean, that's a basic thing. People tell everyone that all the time. They're like, don't give up, don't give up. But truly, if you want it, believe you can have it and just keep going and just push for it. And it'll happen. Eventually, it will happen. That's awesome. Well, last, <laughs> last but not least, um, 
where can people find you at online or anywhere else? And then also uh, Duke city development as well. So people can check you out and, and kind of follow, follow your journey. Yeah, of course. Um, so, I mean, I don't know the exact link or anything to my Facebook page, but I mean, I'm pretty much on all social media personally. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I have Snapchat. Um, all my usernames are the same. Keep it easy. It's at Dominique Ray, D-O-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E-R-A-Y-E. Those are my usernames. Super simple. <laughs> and then and for the Duke City Development team, um, we have just a Facebook page and then an Instagram page. And you can find both of those at, at Duke City Devo. And yeah, we're, we're definitely going to be posting a lot, especially with, um, we have a, a lot like fundraisers going on right now for the team. We have, of course, that Alzheimer's Association thing going on and just a lot of fun stuff going on right now for the team. So we're going to be posting a lot more too as, as, as we finish the year so it'll be exciting as we get closer to to grand's time which is in thanksgiving <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well guys make sure you check uh that out and follow them and see what they're up to and um thanks again for for joining us um and telling a little bit about your story and then also you know what you're up with with duke silly development um looking forward to see how that evolves over time um so yeah thank you again for that yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. It was it was fun coming on here and, and talking to everyone and letting everyone know and even you know just kind of what's going on. So it was a blast. I'm super grateful for the opportunity. So thank you. Hey guys, I really appreciate you listening and would absolutely love if you left a rating on iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, or wherever you're listening to this. Your feedback is our inspiration to continue these stories and grow.